This is Dr. Kendall Egan, and you're listening to the podcast called Skin Stuff, where we talk about anything and everything related to the skin. It is a listener-driven podcast, meaning you tell me what to talk about. If you have a great idea or topic suggestion, please reach out to me on Kendall Egan MD on Facebook or Instagram and let me know what you want me to talk about. I hope you enjoy listening. The podcast Skin Stuff is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not substitute for seeing a qualified healthcare professional in person. If you have a specific question about your skin, I always recommend seeing a board-certified dermatologist. So for today's topic for the podcast Skin Stuff, I'm going to be talking about two things that cause itchy skin. The first thing I'm going to talk about is a little mite that burrows into your skin and lives there. It causes itchy skin. And of course, that is the scabies mite. And then the second thing I'm going to talk about is the dreaded bed bug. Nobody likes the bed bug. Nobody wants to be bitten by the bed bug. So hopefully you'll pick up a few tips and clues on how to detect scabies on your skin or bed bugs in your environment or bed bug bites. Or maybe you'll pick up some tips on how to treat your clothing or belongings if you have scabies or if you have bed bugs in your environment. So let's start off with scabies. Scabies is a common skin condition. It happens when scabies mites decide to set up shop in the top layer of your skin. These tiny scabies mites will burrow into your skin, they'll wiggle around, they'll eat, they'll lay eggs, and of course, they're going to poop. You can see these mites if you use a microscope. You'll be able to hopefully see the mite itself, eggs, or you may even be able to see the poop in skin scrapings. Dermatologists tend to do skin scrapings when they suspect scabies, and they're looking for all of these things, or we're looking for all of these things when we're looking for scabies, either the mite or evidence that the mite is there. Now, scabies is passed from person to person, usually from prolonged skin contact or close living quarters, like nursing homes, childcare facilities, prisons, military quarters. And in fact, when I was a Navy doctor, I treated several scabies outbreaks on an aircraft carrier. So it happens. When people are living close together, scabies can happen. Scabies affects everyone. It doesn't mean you're dirty or where you're living is dirty. Scabies happens. So handshakes, hugs, and scabies, how do we feel about all of that? Uh, It'd be very hard to get scabies from a handshake or a hug. So we're not doing much of that anyways right now because of COVID, but if you decide to go back to handshakes and hugs after COVID, you can rest assured that you probably will not get scabies from doing that. So no scabies with handshakes and no scabies with hugs. Now we talked about close living quarters and people that live in close living quarters getting scabies and scabies being passed around kind of those facilities or those locations where people are living closely like the military. And uh, the other way that it can get passed is through sexual contact because again, you're going to have prolonged skin to skin contact and that can allow the mite to jump from one person to another. And you really don't think about sexually transmitted diseases and scabies. But there it is. You can get scabies definitely through uh, sexual contact. And um, yeah, you can get it. 
You can spread it by sharing clothing and bedding, but it is less common. It The scabies might just, it is really dependent on humans and doesn't do very well when it is living off of humans. Bed bugs, that's a totally different story and we'll talk about that in a minute, but they're a little bit more independent and they don't want to live on you. They just want to eat your blood so they can survive longer off of you, which makes them a little bit more annoying in terms of getting rid of them. So most people with scabies will itch. They may or may not have a rash, but most do. And scabies, these mites, they like to live in warm places like the webs or in between your fingers, around your waistband, your armpits, and for men, the genitals. Sometimes you may be able to see their burrows because remember, they're digging down into that top layer of skin. And the female scabies mites likes to do this because, of course, she wants to lay her eggs in your skin. So if you're concerned about scabies, look carefully. You may, be, you may be able to see one of these burrows. They're like little lines. and They look like a little tunnel in the skin. And with a special tool that dermatologists often use called, called a dermatoscope, your dermatologist may be able to even see evidence of the mite without even doing a scraping. This burrow is the money place. This is where your dermatologist wants to scrape. If you scrape in this area, there is a good chance of finding that mite underneath the microscope. Often patients, they really don't mind this scraping test by the dermatologist because it doesn't really hurt. It just feels like scratching an itch. And most scabies patients are itchy, so they like the scratching. So it isn't usually, it isn't a usually, usually an, uh, an unpleasant experience. Most people think it doesn't hurt. Uh, it's very quick. And it's often very useful to determine if a person has scabies. Now, when you get that skin scraping and you put it on a slide and look underneath the microscope, you can see a mite wiggling around, still alive. You can see eggs and you can see poop. We talked about where scabies like to live on people. We talked about that they like to live on the waistband and in between the fingers, kind of these warmer areas. But in babies, it's a little bit different the head and the face, neck and palms and soles may be involved. So look out for that in babies. So you think you may be exposed to scabies and you're not itching, so what's up with that? Well, you may not know that you have scabies right away. It can often take one to two months to develop symptoms after your first exposure to scabies. Now, if it's your second or subsequent exposure to scabies, then those symptoms may start sooner, so one to four days after you've acquired scabies. The mite starts, uh, the mite party starts sooner in terms of symptoms when you've been exposed previously. This is because that itching and the rash is due to your immune system reacting to the mites. So your first exposure, your immune system doesn't know what to do, takes a while to get excited, it kind of lets the bugs or the mites be there for a while, but then the second exposure, it gets really excited really quickly and it doesn't want those mites in your skin, so it creates an immune reaction. It is important to remember that people can spread scabies even before they develop symptoms. So these mites may be living in your skin, wiggling, laying eggs, and pooping for one to two months before you even know it. Most people only have 10 to 14 mites, these little tiny mites, 
If you have scabies, you usually only have a dozen of them on your entire body. That's impressive. 12 mites causing all of that itching. Now, there is a caveat to that. There is a thing called crusted scabies or Norwegian scabies, and that is a super duper infestation of mites. And that is when a person's immune system usually is weak and it allows a more exaggerated kind of infestation. And people with crusted scabies, they have a ton of mites in their skin. So forget the dozen mites in your skin. We're talking hundreds and hundreds. And these people with crusted scabies, they can have thick crusts or sores in their skin. And these sores are full of mites. And because their immune system usually is not working properly, you know, because they've allowed your their immune system basically has kind of ignored this infestation, they may not even itch. Now, scabies mites, they can live for one to two months when they are living in your skin. If they're not on a person, they can only live for two to three days, which is important to know because you're going to want to treat your stuff. And by treating your stuff, I mean wash it in hot water and drying it in a hot dryer. If you have scabies, it's recommended that you wash all of your clothing and bedding in hot water and dry it. And because these scabies, they don't like heat. They can't survive. For the stuff you can't wash, you want to bag it up for a week. And that usually works because they can't live off humans. They're too dependent on us. They can only live off of humans for two to three days. You don't usually need to wash the clothing and bedding that hasn't touched your skin in over a week. It is important to vacuum carpets, area rugs, and furniture on the day that you start treatment. Don't worry about treating your pets. They cannot get scabies from you and you cannot get scabies from them. It would be very unlikely to get scabies from a swimming pool. They can't live there. You don't need to usually fumigate your home or hire an exterminator. It's not necessary. You can get rid of scabies by going to see your doctor and getting the proper medication and getting everyone who lives with you or any sexually sexual partners treated and then treating your belongings either by washing in hot water and drying or by bagging them up for the recommended period of time. You do not usually need an exterminator. And that's different than bed bugs. We'll get to that. If you suspect you have scabies, see a doctor. Prescription topical medications or an oral medication is often, usually, always necessary. And everyone you live with usually needs to be treated too. They do. Even if they don't have symptoms. They could be in the pre-symptom honeymoon before symptoms start, or their immune system isn't as robust as yours, making their reaction to the scabies might less bothersome. Now, if you don't treat everybody that you're coming into contact, you're just going to keep giving it to each other. So the scabies problem is not going to go away. It's just going to be repeated and repeated and repeated. The treatments that that your doctor will give you, either the topical um, medication or the oral pill medication, it is repeated, meaning it won't just be one treatment. You'll often or you will repeat it to ensure that we've gotten all of the mites So check, mites are treated. You've done the two treatments, but you're still itchy. Well, sometimes you have to be retreated or you may need to be reevaluated. Maybe it wasn't scabies. 
but very, very commonly, people do itch after they've ha- been adequately treated, and that's because the mites are still in your skin. They're just not alive, and your immune system does not like them when they're alive, and it doesn't like them when they're dead. And so your immune system is still going to be fired up until your skin turns over and kind of sheds those mites. Again, it's not uncommon to be itchy after treatment. So what else can happen to the scabies rash? Well, it can become secondarily infected, similar to other itchy skin rashes. When you're scratching, you can create these little micro traumas or openings in the skin, and the skin barrier is disrupted, and bacteria and viruses can get in there, and they can infect the skin, and other treatments may be necessary to take care of the secondary infection. Now, there are many reasons for itchy skin, and some are not so serious, and there are some that are very, very serious, and not all itchy skin is scabies. In fact, most of the time, itchy skin is not scabies. A dermatologist can evaluate and treat itchy skin. So if your itchy skin is persistent, or if you have concerns, or it's not responding to treatment, there's always a need for a reevaluation, because again, there are serious things that can cause skin to itch. So now that your skin feels itchy and you're wondering if you have scabies and you're frantically looking for burrows, let's move on to bedbugs. Bedbugs are entirely different creatures. They don't like to live in your skin, which is a win, right? We, you know, I'd rather have a bug not in my skin than in my skin. So that's good. But the problem with the bed bug is that it likes to visit your skin, particularly at nighttime when you're sleeping. And when it does this, it doesn't like to just hang out. It actually likes to take your blood. So it likes to eat it and it becomes really big and full and then it goes back to its warm hiding place and comes back again another night. Now, initially, you're probably not going to see anything on your skin. You're not going to feel these bites. They're painless. When itchy bumps and hives develop, you may see them in clusters of three or five bites because they'll take a bite and then they'll move and then they'll eat some more and then they maybe move again. And as dermatologists, we often refer to these groups of three bites as breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Initially, you may not even itch or or see any rash, and that's because your body hasn't developed a reaction to the bed bug bite yet. And then as your immune system is more exposed to these bed bug bites, it's going to get a little bit more fired up and it's going to start causing more itching and kind of more bug bite-like spots. And But this may take up to two weeks. So the bed bugs may visit every night for two weeks and nothing. And then all of a sudden you develop an itchy rash. And this comes into play when maybe you're on vacation and you've been in a hotel or You know, you've been away from home and everything's fine. And then you come home and you start developing these these bed bug bug bites. Um, But if you're subsequently bit by these, the time from when you develop, from when you're bitten to when you develop symptoms is much less. And sometimes it may be instantaneously. Now, very, very rarely, some people may have life-threatening reactions to bed bug bites. Now, again, this is very rare. But an allergic reaction can occur similar to food allergies. You may have difficulty breathing, swelling of the airway. This is an emergency, and emergent medical care is necessary. 
Rarely, if the bites have been going on for a while, like say the bed bugs come visit every night for a long time, then you may develop anemia, like from losing too much blood. Bed bugs feast for only four to 12 minutes when they come, and then they hurry up and leave. They don't stick around and hang out on your skin. So you won't usually see them. Again, as I mentioned before, these bites are painless. You're not going to wake up and say, ow, what bit me? You will not know. People may think, you know, after they've returned from a trip or uh, or not, maybe they're at their own home and they have bed bugs, but um, that they may have been bitten by mosquitoes or flea bites. So they can look similar. Unlike scabies, you may be able to see the bugs. So you don't need a microscope sometimes to see them. And if there's a lot of them and you check in the correct places, you have a higher likelihood of finding them. So bed bugs, on average, can be the size of a poppy seed all the way up to an apple seed. And that statement may have just ruined poppy seed muffins forever, but hopefully you can get over it. But to give you some size reference, that's how big they are. Most people just see the aftermath or the evidence of the bed bug. What do you look for? You may notice when you enter a hotel room or a room where you're, you suspect bed bugs, there may be a sweet, musty odor. There may be specks of blood on the bedding, and that's just a little spillage from their blood meal. Their shell, they shed this exoskeleton, and they just toss it and leave it behind. So you may see that. You may see tiny black spots on maybe upholstered furniture or bedding, and that's essentially bed bug poop. Or if you're lucky, you may see some eggs. Now, these eggs are pretty tiny and are often laid in crevices of mattress, so the seams. And the legs are very the eggs are very small because remember the bed bugs, like the biggest is like an apple seed. So these eggs are tiny. If you happen to get even luckier and find the bugs, they don't stick around very, very, um, very much once they're found. They scurry off and they run away quickly back to a dark spot in a crevice. Bed bugs crawl. They don't fly. Sometimes they look like they're flying, but they're not. They're just crawling really fast and trying to get back to their dark, warm, happy place. Unlike scabies, for bed bugs, an exterminator is often needed. Now, bed bugs have made the news over the years. They've been living in hotels and biting visitors, or worse yet, they've been hitchhiking in suitcases back home to, ru- to run havoc. Kind of like Disney's Haunted Mansion. You know, when you're sitting there at the end and the ghost jumps in to leave with you, so can a bed bug. Bed bugs have occurred in all star ratings of hotel rooms. So just because you're paying top dollar, you may still have bed bugs. Hopefully not, but what can you do? Well, you can pay attention to that musty smell, check the crevices of the mattress for blood, poop, body shells, and eggs, and of course, bed bugs, and then check the furniture. So like Blue Clues, you're looking maybe not for the bug, but for the evidence. So let's say you enjoyed your vacation and you get back home, and now you found evidence that you may have brought the bed bugs home with you, or you may have bites and you're worried that did I bring home one in my suitcase? What can you do? Well, you can, should you burn the suitcase? Of course not. You don't do that. <laughs> not yet. Um, but you can wash everything, all of the stuff in the suitcase in hot water. So anything that can be washed in hot water and dried in the hot dryer, do that. Things you can't wash, like the suitcase or, or um, you know, things that won't go in the washer. You need to bag and seal them 
for months. So for scabies, it's a week. For bed bugs, say bye-bye for months. And you want to keep that bag in a very cold or hot spot because these bugs don't like extreme temperatures. These bugs are not as needy as the scabies. So they can live for about a year without eating, which means they can live off of you for a year. So um, that can be troubling. Scabies seems like, although they live in your skin, which is uh, not fun, they, um, they don't do well off of you for a long period of time. But the bed bug, it can. You can use a garment steamer to steam everything else, the suitcase and all the luggage. Be careful when buying secondhand furniture. These bed bugs can hide there too. And I've seen cases of this over the year where some years where someone buys like a used recliner or a mattress or a sofa and then they ha- they develop bites. So what is happening here? You are unintentionally inviting unwanted guests into your home. Bed bugs. So if you are going to get furniture, think of high-risk furniture. So that's going to be things that are upholstered or mattresses. Those have a higher risk of having bed bugs than, say, a dining room table. That would be very unusual to have bed bugs because, remember, bed bugs like to live where it's dark and warm. So when does a dermatologist get involved with bed bugs? Well, it depends. Sometimes people will wait it out and they figure their bug bites. They may think they're mosquito bites or fleas and they were on vacation. They come back. There's no hitchhikers in their luggage. So the bed, the bed bug bites go away and they don't really seek treatment. Sometimes when they do end up in a dermatologist's office, it's because they don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. And it's kind of a mystery. Why are we still getting itchy bumps? What are they? And then bed bugs are kind of discovered. If you get rid of the bed bugs, so say you're not in the hotel where you had the bed bugs and they didn't hitchhike back in your suitcase, those bites will go away. And if the bed bugs aren't there, you're obviously not going to get bitten. So that solves the problem. Remember, bed bugs do not live in our skin like scabies. They like to visit our skin. A dermatologist, we can help with symptomatic treatment of bed bug bites because they can be very itchy. So sometimes treatment is needed and required. Some people have a very ser- serious allergic reaction to bed bugs, and that's an emergency. Again, that's very, very rare, but you could have closing of your throat and difficulty breathing, and that would be something that would be require emergency treatment. You can develop secondary skin bacterial infections, so the bed bug bite can get infect bacteria in it, become more infected, and that requires you know additional treatment. Uncomplicated bed bug bites usually will heal in a few weeks. An exterminator or a pest control person is necessary to to get rid of them. Not like scabies where you can do a do-it-yourself type of get rid of the scabies. Bed bugs do require professional help. They're a little bit harder to get rid of. So that sums up today's podcast on the two things, or two, there are many things that can cause itchy skin, but two of the things that can cause itchy skin, the famous scabies mite and the dreaded bed bug. So hopefully you learned a few things about scabies and bed bugs, and you know what to look for if you're concerned that you have, if you have scabies or, you, or you're being bitten by bed bugs. And if you have any concerns, it's always a good idea to see a board-certified dermatologist because not all itchy skin is caused by scabies or bed bugs. There are some serious things that can cause itchy skin. So it's not a good idea to ignore those symptoms. Thanks for listening today, and I hope you listen next time. 